yeah, I don't want to go to jail for anything. I'm much too, like, weak. And you're pretty. You are listening to the Stand Up Dads Podcast. This is Hecabor. Yeah, it is. Let's try again. I did one that was like on comic books. So Mike cheated on the podcast and went over there. Well, that's like I stopped doing the movie. There's pre-COVID. We kind of stopped doing the one movie one that I had done for a long time where it kind of skewed into just more horror mm-hmm. and then kind of obscure horror and more of a, we got more of a structure but we stopped doing it because we're like, well, let's just watch the movies and not have to do the podcast because we enjoy each other. Just no one's listening. So really, we're just doing this for ourselves. <laughs> and then COVID hit. Yeah. And then when my album dropped, I've done like 10 to 20 podcasts since June yep. in promotion for it. And so like my friend is the co-host, keeps on seeing me repost all these <laughs> podcasts I'm doing. And he's like, I didn't think you wanted to do podcasts anymore. <laughs> And I'm like, lover. I like a, a guy, a comedian who opened for me last weekend uh, or yeah. two weekends ago. I did his podcast and we started talking about horror movies. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, oh, here's I want to do another episode with you where I'll pick a horror movie for you to watch and you pick a horror movie for me to watch. And then we'll talk about it on the podcast. So my friend caught wind of this that oh, I was going to no. be going on again. And he's like. You're doing another horror movie podcast, and I'm like, hey, look, it's not what it looks like. It's a one, it's a one-time all-pass kind of thing. You're gonna believe me or your lion eyes. Mm-hmm. On that note, you're listening to Stand Up Dads. This is Rob, Mike, and that voice you hear in the background is our very special guest. He's a dad. He's a real-life working comic. He's got a comedy special on the Dry Bar Comedy app. Or app. <laughs> that sounded like the most old man daddy thing to say. Not daddy, but like dad thing. To like yep. not like ooh daddy, yep. but like dad. Like on the dry bar comedy. Oh, oh what's these three letters on my paper? A P P. Usually it's A A R P. Did yeah. I read that right? Like, yeah. He has a special on Dry Bar Comedy uh, called Dad Bod. He's got an album out called Spitting Image. Is that wrong? No. I'm now just judging your fumbling. I never said I was good at this. It is the hilarious Ricky Glore. Thank you for being here. Thanks for coming. Sorry for having to back out last time. I can't remember... Was it the night of one of the debates or like the night after a debate or something? I was feeling like trash. Like in Kentucky, our seasons, Mm -hmm. we haven't had like summer, fall. We had summer, winter, Mm -hmm. fall for a day, back to (laughs) summer. Like it's been like 35 degrees here and it's going to be 72 degrees on Saturday. Sweet. Yeah. Well, we're glad you made it. Thank you for having me. Was it hot or cold for Halloween? It was middle. I didn't sit outside. We put uh, candy on uh, a a couple bowls and chairs. Surprisingly, had a decent amount of kids come by. We just kind of watched through the window. Since Mm -hmm. our daughter is 17 months old, we put her in a costume. We did a family costume. We did a circus theme. 
where my wife was the ringmaster because she wears nice. the pants in the family. <laughs> I was I was the lion, mm-hmm. and we put our daughter in an elephant costume, and she was a like a biased. She was adorable. Like I will still look at the pictures, and it just makes my heart melt. Mm. We took her to one house with. We, we took her to my brother's house, which wasn't too far away. She went up, did it, the, the, the thing, got a couple pictures, went back home. She went to bed, and my parents had come over. So then we watched a couple horror movies. Cool. And it, it was just a real low-key Halloween, kind of perfect on a Saturday. No yeah. stress of, you know, yeah, it could have been a lot better for, I'm sure, a lot of other people being on a Saturday. Sure. But for us, it, it worked out nicely that – we couldn't actually enjoy the low keyness of it, not by going to bed at like nine o'clock or nine thirty, mm-hmm. because we're on the East Coast, worried that we're still going to wake up the next morning a little tired. Yeah, yeah. Mike had a. It sounds like a nerdy con- costume well, idea. Well, what you- n- no. Well, what happens is. <laughs> you see what it happened was. Well, no. Yeah. Well, he says it's the thing is, my daughter, like you just said, when when they're babies, you can select what you're gonna wear and yeah. you pick match. right I, you know i'm divorced now but when we're when she was little we were made we would do the costumes together mm-hmm. then the first couple of years when i had her and it was just me I, we would match like she would say daddy i want to be in we were i had gotten her into batman from the 60s so it was like i was adam west and she was catwoman she picked oh that's awesome we had great pictures then she said around three years ago she's like i don't want to match with you so for me to get my matching picture, I had to basically photobomb her Halloween. So she was, <laughs> she wanted to be, she likes to be the villain. So she was Hella from Thor. So I dressed up as Thor and she was like, no, you know, right? <laughs> I'm like, I just want a picture. So that year I actually had to take the costume off. She was like, I will take the picture <laughs> if you take it off. So I got, I would have, I would have gone even weirder and nerdier <laughs> if she'd have been like, look, I don't want to match. You can't be Thor. I'm hell. I'd been like, cool, cool, cool. I'm going to be a different Kate Blanchett character. <laughs> I'll be Indiana Jones and the crystal skulls. I'll be, you know, uh, I can't think of the lesbian movie off the top of my head that they yeah. actually filmed they filmed in the city where i grew up uh yeah. at one of the diners but yeah that's what i'd have done i didn't like and she would have had no idea because you wouldn't have been like oh i'm this yeah. random camp Bla- kate blanchick <laughs> or like lord of the rings be elfin yeah <laughs> that would have been amazing yeah she would have been what the yeah so i do that every year last year she was bellatrix so i i was harry potter and this year she chose because I took her to Hamilton earlier in the year before the shutdown. Mm-hmm. Her and her two buddies, we basically have a family that is like a quarantine buddy family or mm-hmm. whatnot, that we did our Halloween with. They wanted to be the Skylar sisters, which are the three girls. So my Yeah, mom, that's awesome. My mom made the outfits. They, they practiced. They like performed. It was super fun. But I just went and bought myself the, cat, the coat and the shirt. So I'm Hamilton and get my picture. She just gives up now. Like when I come out, I basically have the costume to do our photo shoot and then I'll go and, you know. That's go back so cool. Yeah. We actually talked about in the future that if, if our daughter gets, because my wife's into Hamilton, our first year group costume when she was, let's see, she was born May 29th. And so she was only uh, about four months old yeah. or I guess six months old come October. So she was still in the a baby and in the carrying front pouch thing. Yeah. So I constructed out of a plastic flower pot around the baby holder 
and then got her a flower costume and then sewed a headpiece. So she was Audrey too from Little Shop of Horrors. (laughs) So I was Seymour. My wife was Audrey. And I painted on the outside, Audrey too, don't feed the plant. That's nice. awesome. That's but good- so we talked about doing Skylar Sisters in the future if she gets into it. And I was like, oh, I'll be Peggy. I'll, yeah. like, I'll, I'll eat the bullet. I'll be like, and Peggy, bearded. I won't shave, but I will. <laughs> it just makes that part even funnier, though. You're like, and Peggy. <laughs> well, like, so if we have another kid by that time, like we're talking about like what the possibilities of like having a baby, we're like, oh man, it would be awesome if she got into Ghostbusters because those mm-hmm. are super easy and comfortable costumes, right? Yeah. Just the zip yeah. up onesies. And yeah. then if we have a baby next year and she's into Ghostbusters, we could have the baby be Slimer yeah, and then the nice. rest of us be Ghostbusters. Awesome. Very cool. Awesome. Also into doing like a weird one where like we love Psycho. Our cat's mm-hmm. actually named Norman. My wife named him because of Psycho. <laughs> yeah. And it's a pretty apt name because our cat is Psycho. But I was like, oh, how cool would it be if I was Janet Lee with like a shower curtain wrapped around me? <laughs> My wife could be mother and then our daughter could be Norman, but also dressed up as mother. Nice. So we could have two mothers in Janet Lee. That's awesome. We're nerds too. I like that. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I feel so unimaginative. My kid was a cop and we were criminals. <laughs> He's sick! But he picked it, right? Yeah, he wanted to be a cop. That's the thing. That's you cool. got to adapt to it. Cause, He's yeah, seven. Okay. He's, you know, and actually it was cool because uh, I think it was Friday before Halloween. So he was dressed as a cop. He had the mirrored sunglasses and everything, which was fucking awesome. Kim took him down to the police department to take pictures in front of there. And apparently the chief came out and saw him and posed for pictures with him and gave him a challenge coin. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that was really cool. So thanks Folsom PD. You guys kick ass. Since you're Mike, uh, you're, you mentioned Adam West, Batman sixties. So that's what I grew up on. I'm, I just turned 35. Sorry. I had to make sure that it wasn't 36. Uh, I just turned 35, but I grew up on, a lot of 60s television, a lot of old movies television. Yeah. Batman 66, Burt Ward, Adam West, Cesar Romero, Frank Gorshin. That was that that was my Batman. And then getting yeah. into comics. So my dad took me to conventions growing up. He had made, and this is when you couldn't just go on eBay or it was mass produced. Yeah. He had made and physically made pieces, accoutrement pieces to it, an Adam West Batman costume. Okay. And we went to conventions. And I dressed up as the Riddler, and I, I met Frank Gorshin growing up multiple times. I met Adam West. Uh, there was one convention where my dad was basically hired to stand behind Adam West as Batman while he signed mm-hmm. an autograph so people could get pictures with Bruce Wayne and mm-hmm. Batman. So, cool. so one story, though, before my dad dressed up, Adam West used to be able to go to conventions in the Batman costume. Mm-hmm. And then when they were making the Tim Burton 1989 Batman, Warner Brothers was like, you can no longer do that. We have to solidify who our Batman is. It is Michael Keaton. It is this Batman, yada, yada, yada. Adam West, a man who later in life accepted his role as being known as that, and it helped having his own name known on Family Guy. Mm -hmm. But like a lot of those old actors, they didn't love being typecast. So he, he fought some demons. Uh, even though he ended up being a very generous, uh, awesome man later in life. One of the outings he did in the 70s when my dad, now a teenager, 
went to go see him in his Batman costume was at Calvacata Customs, an automobile show in Ohio, in Cincinnati. My dad was like fourth in line. This is during the reruns of Batman, so like mm-hmm. in 75. He's surrounded by eight-year-olds, 10-year-olds, five-year-olds, <laughs> and my dad's like 18 at the time. <laughs> like having sex right like and he's around all these little kids so he's like fourth in line super excited like as excited as the little kids to meet batman in costume adam west shows up about an hour late with about a two-day-old beard under his cow so pretty stubbly (laughs) and from what my dad said was sweat stains because it's a great costume under there that's a little hard to avoid if you've been in it for a while but and smelling a bit like booze. <laughs> so he finally gets up to the table and the first little kid, bright eyed, comes up to the table and he asks Adam, he's like, what's in that pouch? Pointing at the bat belt, which is mm-hmm. this big leather monstrosity, which the belt buckle is this big metal copper belt buckle. Mm-hmm. Adam stands up takes off the belt, swings it around his head, slams it down on the table, and he says to the kid, open it up. And the little kid's like, okay. <laughs> Goes up, not he having zero awareness of the, tra- the trap that Mr. West has set, <laughs> that Batman is luring him into, the spider to the fly. So the fly kid comes up, opens up the leather pouch, and just my dad said just the kid's face went from excitement to just like confusion just drained he pulls out a wooden block because that's what we're used mm-hmm. in the in, in the because it's leather pouches to have them stay expanded mm-hmm. you had to have something and it never they didn't yeah. have the bat belt they didn't have sure. the bat radio in there except for unless it was a scene where they were pulling it out and using it yeah. so the kid pulls out a wooden block and holds it up and Adam West leans in and goes, because none of it's real, kid. <laughs> Bat- <laughs> Batman isn't real. Next. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay, we have to have you come back so you and Mike can do our, I think, what would be NerdFest 4? I, yeah, I take offense of it being called Nerdfest, but yes, I would love to sit and talk. Cause I love Own it, it like a badge. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm a dork. I just, I don't know. But I love that one. The Batman, the 60s Batman is one that holds up. You know, there's a lot okay. of, com- car- there's a lot of shows where I'm like, you're going to love this, Olivia. And then we'll start to watch it and go, Oh, I thought, I'm sorry. Like, I thought this was really oh, good. For like, kids, or, yeah, for kids, <laughs> I thought you were going to say for yourself, because yeah. where it does hold up for still you as an adult version yeah. is, this has been talked about ad nauseum, but like that show is made so smart that the yeah. producers knew that to keep the parents who dictate usually where mm-hmm. that dial was set on the television. Now, yeah. we're using a bunch of old terms, dials mm-hmm. on televisions. <laughs> They had to make something that was also for parents. Probably the closest you would get to something like that is like Pixar movies now mm-hmm. or like Shrek, like the DreamWorks stuff yeah, yeah. where the totally. parent, there's something there for the parents as well as not pandering to the kids, sure. but enough earnestness of the heroes yeah. and the peril for the kids, but enough lofty camp that just go right over the kids' heads. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. So we're going to talk about Ricky now. Okay. <laughs> 
So me. How long were you doing comedy before you became a dad? I there was a little bit of an off period where I wasn't hitting it as hard because I was doing some playwriting and some directing Mm -hmm. and some storefront theater in Chicago. But I was doing, let's see, I had my daughter in 2019. So from 2005 to 2019 with a small down period in there. So 14 years. Mm So how did having a kid change your approach to comedy? It had changed when I started getting back into it hot and heavy again in 2017 when I recommitted, uh, which also coincided with moving from Chicago back to Northern Kentucky where the storefront theater scene isn't as big. People, There isn't as much audience to see wild creativity done on stage. So I knew that I still want to be creative. So going back and doing stand-up, which just requires me, the actor, the producer, and the director, and the writer, mm-hmm. that's all I need. I only have to depend on me and my time and go to places where there might be audiences. Mm-hmm. My stand-up changed in 2017 because I was able to have the distance and the time and the maturity and life experiences already before you've been having a kid with even just getting married, being in a longer relationship to mine things that happened to me that I knew were funny, but didn't know how to express them on stage as being funny. Mm -hmm. Even from when I was just like in high school, right? Like I grew up in Campbell County. I went to Campbell County high school where our mascots, the camel, our colors were purple and gold. There's a lot of stuff that we would ridicule and make fun of, but even doing stand up in 2005, just a year after I graduated high school, I didn't know how to take what was funny in my real life and put it on stage mm-hmm. for many years, starting off as a house MC at the funny bone comedy club in Newport, Kentucky. I was dirty, mm-hmm. which is fine. Uh, it's just not me. Mm-hmm. It really even, even wasn't me then, but I just felt that was the quickest way to connect with the audience and do one liners and do a lot of made up premises. And I didn't know, like I told that Adam West story. Mm-hmm. I had Batman story. Like my dad tried to build a sixties Batmobile without my mom knowing. <laughs> and That's my, a bad thing. That's yeah. My bad. mom found the bubble windshield underneath my parents' bed. <laughs> and my dad tried to lie and say it was, it was uh, window curtains. It's not a Batmobile. Bill. I'm having an affair. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just to throw her off the scent. <laughs> but that's the first time I ever heard the word divorce. Oh, wow. Like, like is a possibility of like, it's the Batmobile or me. And my dad like ha- actually sat and thought for about a minute. And, but like, I had all of that life experience and like, and I had things that I knew were ridiculous. I had the Burt Reynolds story that I told on my album. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, had all that. I just didn't have the wherewithal or the experience or the, the retrospect maturity to know that that could be used on stage and be used in a way that benefited me because it was closer to who I am Mm -hmm. and also allowed the audience to reflect on me in a way of like, Oh, that's his life. I also have a crazy thing. Mm -hmm. That's maybe not that, but it's, you know, whatever family. Mm -hmm. So parlaying that from 2017 to 2019, which then having nine months of pregnancy and what that's like with my wife and my family, and then what it's like to be a dad, I then was already in the mode of knowing how to dissect 
and take those slices of life moments that mm-hmm. were honest that I have found usually get a bigger and better laugh anyway, because they, the audience can feel the honesty. They can feel the confidence of me telling the stories and my connectivity to it that because I had already started doing that for a couple of years before having a kid, I was able to mine it a little easier. And now actually working on my new hour where I'm getting rid of some of that stuff mm-hmm. and doing some new stuff, you know, now I'm talking about my kid's first birthday mm-hmm. and different side tangents that that takes me on. I'm actually feeling more comfortable and closer, like inching closer to that comic voice mm-hmm. now than I even was a year ago. Nice. Well, I like the fact, you mentioned it in your album about how you and I are similar in the fact that we weren't around kids growing up. Mm -hmm. I had zero contact with little kids, so they terrified me. (laughs) (laughs) And they still do. But I mean, are you more comfortable with kids now that you've got one or is it still weird? I had a nephew, but he primarily grew up a lot when I was in Chicago. So like Mm -hmm. I, I got to come home and see like celebration moments where it wasn't like spending a lot of time. So with my cousin, I would, my nephew, I would come home and spend these short amounts of time with him Mm -hmm. where it would be celebrations. And there'd be a lot of family where his safety and well being or his complete (laughs) entertainment weren't on my shoulders. Oddly enough, I think I over prepared of what Mm -hmm. it would be like to be a dad. I mean, I don't think you can over prepare, but like I had this wild thought that like, oh, I'm an, I could be a night owl if I need to be a night owl. I'll be the one that gets up with her when she's screaming at two o'clock in the morning. So I asked my dad, I was like, give me all the Bruce Lee movies. I haven't watched those since I was a kid. I'm going to watch these when she's freaking out and the, my wife needs to sleep and blah, blah, blah. It never happened. She yeah. slept through the night and like not the first couple months or even the first month she did the, you know, every three hours Mm -hmm. for the feeding, but that's, you know, she feeds, she goes back to bed and, you know, you do that. But yeah, she never had that kind of like waking up every couple hours and staying up for long stretches. So I, I I was fully prepared to, you know, deep dive into some film classics I haven't seen for a while, but just didn't happen. The only thing that I did worry about and I had asked my friends, and they had told me, which ends up in the song, baby song, was, what's your biggest worry? Mm-hmm. And they all told me, no one will tell you this. You will schwitz wondering yeah. if they are breathing all the time. He's like, and you will disrupt them to find out if they are breathing, like digging yourself a bigger, worse hole. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I just was always like, oh, God, don't die on my watch. Like, yeah. it's your mom's shift next. I love that song. If you're, when you listen to his album out there, that is great because every parent can relate. Uh, my kid, it was easy because when he slept, he sounded like a bunch of puppy pugs. Like, <laughs> so yeah, he just, just the whole time. So we knew he was good. So there was no worries, but yeah, that is terrifying. Especially that first couple of nights, you're like, holy shit. And then, yeah, you wake them up and then they're pissed and then you're pissed. And <laughs> Well, and that's like, we found out a better way to do it. And definitely if we have another kid, I mean, you, you learn like you are a hundred percent, not a father. And then you are a hundred percent are a father after you have a kid. So you have already, so you say, (laughs) (laughs) well, 
But so like for the next kid, like we had like the formula and a warmed up bottle, like in the back, like we just did it so ass backwards Mm -hmm. where we felt like we were on a timer of like how quick we had to have a bottle ready and then give it to her. And then, okay, Mm -hmm. now she's, she's going to like, they're going to cry. They're going to cry a little bit. I don't know I just feel like I'm going to have a little bit better of an idea mm-hmm. of what the nighttime preparations are going to be and that they aren't as, di- I mean, they always say that, right? Seth uh, Myers has this great bit on his special lobby baby on Netflix where he's like, we call the sound that we hear our kids fall on the floor thunks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, Oh, that's just a thunk. It's mm-hmm. okay. Cause your first kid, you don't think about it and you worry too much. Your second kid, you hear a thunk and you're like, they're fine. The distance between their head and the floor isn't that great of a distance. That's not enough room for a, a big amount of damage to happen or occur. So does that make me a bad dad to have that attitude with my first kid? <laughs> yes. Okay. Every, no, every time. Like, I'll just say, like, yeah, you're Fair a terrible you I could have told you that. Call CPS. <laughs> but... Yeah, you have naked Burt Reynolds behind you. Does your wife know? Yeah, she actually walked in and goes, what the fuck is that? And I, I love I, him. You let us be. He's like, no, uh, he has a bit about Burt Reynolds on his album, so I did this in your honor. I just think it's ironic that there's two rugs in that picture. The one he's laying on and the one on his head. Totally. And, uh, here, I'll, uh, Maybe the Merkin on his pubes. Oh, there. Oh, there you go. Stand up. <laughs> That's nice. Oh, but no, for our, for our child, my my wife is, I mean, she rightfully so, she's the mother, and I'm not saying mm-hmm. I'm heartless, but every time our daughter hits her head in some way or rolls over or something, and it does make like a noise you mm-hmm. don't want to hear, my wife's like, oh, are you okay? And every time my daughter does it now, I'm like, oh, and there goes science. Oh, and there goes social studies. Oh, and there goes math. <laughs> oh, there's going to be a, another year of bedwetting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, but you also have, you know, talking about being prepared, you have some genius life hacks in your uh, show and I don't want to burn your material, but. Burn it. It's on an album. It's on a special. Okay. But your thing about guess where I'm taking you to dinner tonight is fucking brilliant and I've used it. Thank you. Someone said, so uh, I know you should never read comments on the internet, Mm -hmm. but this was my first experience (laughs) with a lot of comments so i because drybar has over 1.6 million followers or subscribers so i went to the videos and i read through the comments Mm -hmm. look everyone's got an opinion but one thing that was reoccurring on that video specifically wife hacks were people complaining that it was an old internet meme that they had read years ago Okay. And I was like, oh, I was like, I don't think I've seen it. And so I Googled and I looked it up and it's not worded the exact same, but it is pretty much the same joke. And like, I didn't feel like, oh my God, what a hack that I am. And it's called wife hacks. So it doesn't help that that's an easy cramp for people to be like, oh, that's a hacky joke. (laughs) But I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I did see this in Facebook, like back in 2006. I was like, I don't know. But I was like, for me, not to justify it or excuse it, mm-hmm. I was like, this does come from my wife being like, oh, like, oh, you don't always have to think about dinner. Or, oh, you don't have to always care about making dinner or worrying about what we're going to do for dinner. And then, like, there'll be nights I'll be like, all right, what do you want to have for dinner? And she's like, oh, I don't know. Yep. <laughs> and so, like, that's where it comes from is a ton of experiences like that. 
then writing that joke. But like, there is a part of me that now that that clip is up, it leads into what at that time I was calling the three H's, mm-hmm. which are holiday candles, uh, home signs, and horror movies, mm-hmm. which I really, really like that bit, especially the horror movie part. And now that wife hack joke takes up the first minute of that bit mm-hmm. that I worry that they're not going to get to... Ah. They're it's gonna they're gonna think it's so generic or it's so hacky. They're gonna watch that part and be like, oh mm, no, what this guy's just gonna do a bunch of internet jokes. I don't think well, so. hacky or not, it's brilliant yeah. and effective because it actually does work. But I had that happen to me where I had a joke about because I had a surgery on my elbow and I didn't know about them. Like they told you to like use a sharpie and and like mark where it was gonna be and it got me like super worried like, Wait, like you had to mark where it was gonna yes, be mm-hmm. yeah make sure you mark where it's gonna so that they <laughs> uh, like i'm not doing this surgery yeah. how about you know where it's gonna yes yeah. yeah so i did a whole you know joke about eventually having to write like you know not this arm not over here like all over my body or whatnot and, and apparently they turns not, into a memento yeah. where you've got a bunch yeah. of notes on like parts where they're not even going to be anywhere near. Yeah. Yeah. I think I ended it with like, like, right. You know, writing it like it's on my crotch. That was like, speak of this to no one. Enter at your own risk. You could not be, you know, and, uh, but I had, a, I had comedians come up to me and go, Oh, this is some so-and-so's joke, you know, and it, it was totally the type of thing where I was like, oh my God, like, like, I don't know. Like I had to go look it up and see, but, and you it wasn't the it. thing. The guy had like another joke of, so I think there's one thing that, cause I also, I'm a cartoonist. I had met this guy, yeah. Sergio Aragonis. I don't know if you know him. He's, he did mad magazine. He do, he did the little marginals and it's a great old cartoonist. And he told great me, name. yeah. And he told me one time where he was like, you know, you're always going to have like when you're doing comics, everybody's going to end up getting something that's close, you know? And it's like, as long as you're doing something that's, you know, you came up with it, you didn't like go and purposely steal it. Or in this case, it came from our lives. Mm-hmm. There's nothing we can do about it. Cause it bothered me too. Like when you said that, it's like, you start to really think like, Oh my God, is there some way I randomly heard this? Or, but I like, think no. there's a difference between yeah. the narcissism of like Carlos Mencia, who clearly almost mm-hmm. did word for word, a, a Cosby joke. Yeah. Or Dane Cook, who is high on his own farts at one point, who told uh, Steve Byrne that he was stealing his essence because he was being very boisterous and energetic on stage. Like, there's some narcissism. Like, yeah, there there is some sociopathic qualities with that that I think is different where they are like, no, no, that's me, that's me. Yeah. Where yeah. I think you and I were, were like, oh, I don't want anyone to ever think that yeah. I, I only mm-hmm. have an actor. I got a laugh there that wasn't mine, that I used yeah. that as a gateway laugh mm-hmm. to then do my own material, which isn't as funny. Where I'm opposite. As soon as I read that on the comments, on the comment section, I'm like, oh, I was I was going to continue doing that as part of the opener to these next bits. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm never going to do that again. Cause I don't want anyone to ever think yeah. that same thing. Yeah. And I, I think this stuff is funnier. So I have no problem getting rid of it. Yeah. There's a new bit that I'm doing now because I'm reworking new impressions and actually moving it to a different portion of my show than different from the impressions on my special, the nursery rhymes and the president's one potato, two potato mm-hmm. where I know, look, 
there are comics and there are mostly comics is mostly most people don't care that think impressions just as much as like taking a guitar on stage is hacky mm-hmm. doesn't matter like how good you are there's just a part of their brain that just turns off and they're never going to see you as a stand-up i do impressions i like them people tend to like them when i do them if ever it gets to a point where that's not the case then i won't do them probably mm-hmm. but you know there's a nice give and take between the audience and me where we're both enjoying it i'm doing a bit now that is they're bringing up cameo and like cameo is the thing where you can get b-list d-list celebrities to say whatever you want wish you happy birthday i was like it's gonna get so bad that's gonna be an option on uber soon like you can get one of those celebrities to drive you around and then i do a bunch of impressions i have the the forethought to know that that is not much different like i'm sure there's some other comedian that has done a celebrity's driving Lyft or Uber or, or something, uh, yeah. or even it's a variance on when, uh, so look, when voicemail, when uh, messages, like yeah, voicemail answering recording. Machines. Term, yeah, answering machines. Thank <laughs> you. I couldn't think of the term. The oldest guy here, luckily, had my back. Of course. Uh, answering machines. Like, He's I know, my age, by the way. <laughs> oh, he looks, he looks younger than both of us. I know. I usually get 50. People are like, oh, 35. People ask me how old my grandson is when I have my kid out. So, yeah. I, yeah. But anyway. But, so, yeah, machines. answering machines. Like, I'm sure when answering machines came along, that was a way for impressions to use that as a springboard to go into a bit and be like, oh, how crazy would it be to have Christopher Walken do your answering machine? Mm-hmm. And then GPS, right? And I lived through that when GPS started coming out when I first started doing stand-up. So, like, I heard people being like, oh, you don't want GPS is Joe Pesci because he's just going to yell at you the whole time. Or like, Al Pacino. Like, so I get it. They are derivative. But I go into the Uber bit because actually my cameo bit is a little longer and something personal, personal about my wife asking me if for a birthday present if I wanted a cameo. And I didn't know what it was. And then my wife explained it. I was like, what's a cameo? Is it going to be like a day where I don't see you like the whole day and then randomly you're going to pop out and be like, hi! And then you're going to disappear again? And she's like, no. She's like, cameo. And she explained what it was. And I was like, oh, that sounds awful. Please do that. And, like, and I looked to, she's like, you know, like Gilbert Godfrey does cameo. I'm like, no, oh, thank you. You don't want Vince Neil wishing you a happy birthday? <laughs> and then so, and like I break that a little bit with my bit because like I do, I found out that I can kind of do a Ryan Reynolds uh, impre- or Deadpool impression. Mm-hmm. So I do that in there. So it, it, clearly he's not a D-list celebrity. He's pretty high up the top of his game. But like I have Nicolas Cage. I have Gilbert Godfrey because he's on it. Ryan Reynolds. And I can't remember who I end on because it's a new bit. Mm-hmm. But like, I was fully aware when I started doing that, that I was like, I get it. Someone's going to say, oh, oh, somebody's driving Uber. That's real original. It's like, yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. If it's funny, it's funny. Everything's derivative of something because, I mean, people have been around for thousands of years. Someone's thought of everything at some point, unless yeah. it's technology-based. But You could go back to Frank Gorshin on the Ed Sullivan, uh, Ed Sullivan show. I think he appears the night the Beatles appear doing an impression set of doing like James Cagney and stuff mm-hmm. where I think he does something that's close to almost a bit I do now that I think about it of like celebrities as like valets or something. Yeah. And like that is his conduit to then do the voices, which he was an amazing impressionist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's 
if your butthole is that tight while watching comedy, you didn't come there to be entertained and go somewhere else. It was funny when you were on gag on this, that's where we first met. I remember I jotted down a note about, you know, cause we have cover bands cause we were talking about joke stealing and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, I jotted down a note saying, Oh shit. Yeah. Like a cover comic where someone does someone else's bit, which would be fucking horrible, but right. I'm sure that, someone's going to try that shit. It's like, oh, I'm going to be the new Andrew Dice Clay or, well, fuck, Dennis Leary did it with uh, fucking oh. Bill Hicks. I yes. mean, <laughs> yes, that, that's what, well, look, I'm not going to do a, a burning of effigy of Dennis Leary, but I think, I think he's past, great. But, no yeah. cure, but if you go past no cure for cancer, yeah, you are laughing at the celebrity and the personality that Dennis Leary cur- curated on that first album. Yeah. I don't think the material is as strong, but you like him because it's like talking to an old friend. Like, you know their viewpoint. You yeah, know what yeah. their hot hot button topic, like, you know what's going to incite them to get angry. Mm-hmm. And so, like, but that's that's great as a celebrity that people are going to pay to see. Like, John Mulaney. Mm-hmm. He said, one of the best things about now being who I am, John Mulaney, is people are buying a ticket to see me, John Mulaney. He said one of the worst things is a comedian who wants to be funnier than the last time he did a special is that unfortunately people come to see me, John Mulaney. He's like, and it's hard to decipher. Are they laughing at the joke or are they just being nice because they like me? Yeah. Mm. (sighs) Luckily, no one knows who I am. So. Well, you mentioned using your daughter as a captive audience for your voices. <laughs> so how long do you think it can get away with that before? She, she has goes? started to say no. Oh, shit. Like, oh. To, but it's, awesome. Look, she's an no. unreliable narrator. Because <laughs> it's clearly she's learned how to do it and she's just doing it. And like, no, no, no. And so I'll be like, oh, so then I guess you don't want your end of dinner yogurt. And she'll be like, no, no, no. And I was like, you don't want it. And she clearly wants it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because you can do that because you're a relatively clean comic. And mm-hmm. I was thinking about that. I'm like, oh, well, I wonder if I could do, I can't do material in front of my kid because I'm disgusting. <laughs> um, I'm a well, filthy she, human being. Well, yeah, pretty much. Well, I mean, the last joke I was working on was part of the bad dad or this podcast. We talk about the bad dad and we have a bunch where father and son get arrested. <laughs> so I was thinking about, you know how they always say when you're in prison, like the first day you go find the biggest, baddest motherfucker and you beat the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. The, oh, no. Well, that's not, how, that's not what you do. You I find know. them and you make friends with them. Well, I was thinking if you're in jail with your dad, who's going to mess with you if you rape your own father in prison? <laughs> <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then, you know, and then as a dad, do you take that? Because you raised that (laughs) kid. But see, that's where I'm going with it. So I can't perform that in front of most people, let alone my kid. But this is why I don't have an album or a special. Yeah, you can't can't do that. Well, look, and you were in prison for a parking ticket. (laughs) Like, you were going to be out the next day. Why would you do that on day one? (laughs) Sorry, dad. You made, I had that, to establish dominance. That yeah, that Father's Day is gonna be real awkward. <laughs> You're gonna have to get him two ties. <laughs> World's best dad, but there's like you doing a winky face, like 
Uh, okay, so as a professional comic, you probably had to do a lot of. Who's a professional that. comic? Are you a professional comic? Oh, no. Oh. Well, I'm assuming you've been paid more than a dollar or a beer for your comedy. Uh, it's true. Sometimes so. getting the free booze, like, so I'm not much of a drinker, as I mm-hmm. uh, talk about on the album, um, and that's true. Like, I will, I will, I will sip a beer, or a beer, or a drink, mm-hmm. or whatever. A martini is my favorite go-to because you can sip it a long time and it gives mm-hmm. you a nice little buzz. Sometimes getting one free drink is harder than getting paid. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like I'm like, you have the booze. Just get I because they're super worried, I'm sure. That's like, oh yeah, you want one drink and then it's a free tab and then you just keep drinking. The last time I was on stage was February. You were there too, Mike. Yeah. And apparently if you went up on stage, you got a free drink and God, it was a pain in the ass because she was busy and she's like, Well, I gotta take care of the pain guys first. And but Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, before all this COVID shit, I'm guessing you had to travel quite a bit. Yeah, I was, unfortunately, this year would have been my second, not unfortunately that this would have happened, but unfortunately it got canceled, would have yeah, been my yeah. second West Coast trip in a year where my first one was really trepidatious because I've talked about this where what's been really fortuitous to me is figuring out that breweries and wineries have become like the modern day coffee houses. Mm-hmm. On the East Coast, within driving distance to myself, especially in Ohio, there are a ton of them. And they are willing, especially if you have a couple credits, even if you don't, to give you something in an opportunity in a captive audience. Because they're usually located in cornfields, too, where the bigger city is a little bit of a trek. Mm -hmm. So if you do a show at one of these, it is that town's night out it is that town's friday or saturday so like you the people who are coming yeah like it ain't like a comedy like i love doing comedy clubs Mm -hmm. a brewery or a winery a sold out one you don't have anybody there with their arms crossed thinking they're going to be funnier than you or hoping like me like "Mm, i don't know who's gonna be so funny like judgmental (laughs) yeah they're like we spent our 15 to 25 dollars we're here for a night out we got a baby so my first West Coast trip, I did a show my first night on a Friday at El Cid, which is a great venue, and it's on Sunset Strip in mm-hmm. L.A. I was worried that I maybe had gotten myself into something too big. Mm. Like, I, I booked it. I filled it out with a lot of comedians that I knew were L.A. comedians who I knew and would do well and would make a good show because I definitely want to make it a good show. But closing it out, doing a 45-minute set, I'm like, yeah, this stuff does well on the East Coast, but, mm-hmm. like, th- this crowd's going to be way hipper than I am. Is this just going to seem like lame dad jokes? And it, it luckily wasn't. It was almost a sold-out show, and it did really well. And then my next night was San Francisco. Again, really cool venue, really cool area, college town. Went really well. Then I did San Diego, and then I did Sacramento. Like, it reassured me. Not that, like, pat myself on the back, like, funny is funny, Mm -hmm. but I was on the right track of doing what I was doing and doing what I thought was funny, and then luckily other people thought was funny Mm -hmm. and entertaining. So this year, I had set up to do LSIT again, Mm -hmm. and I had set up to go now, this time to also do two shows in San Diego and do a show in San Francisco. So I was going to do LA, two in San Diego, and then close it out in San Francisco in August. Unfortunately, as soon as yeah. all this hit, I looked. So it was my first weekend got canceled on March 13th. I looked out and was just already thinking, like, this is no, no matter 
no matter who says what, okay, it's going to be over by Easter. Like, yeah. no matter who said anything, I knew it wasn't going to be over by Easter. Yeah, yeah. And I contacted every venue and I was like, hey, I don't want to over worry about this, but I think we should probably put a hiatus on these and put mm-hmm. them off for 2021. And luckily, most places were very gracious in doing nice. that. One place that wasn't ended up being my first show back in August, I think it was like August 28th, was this outdoor winery on the East Coast. And they did it perfectly. They did it socially distanced. They took everyone's temperature. They had copious amounts of hand sanitizer. They did it the best way possible. And it was an amazing inauguration back onto the stage to start working on a new hour. But yeah, I had an album drop in June. So I didn't have road shows for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I had my special on Dry Bar drop in April, so I didn't have any road shows to mm-hmm. kind of like you. I I didn't get to work off the luxury of having something that a lot of people were watching. Yeah, I just recently found out two weekends ago at a show, a weekend I was doing, that someone came because they had a friend in Rhode Island who had watched it and sent it to them, and so that's why they came. And I was like, ah, oh, if if I could have been on, the, like I'm not my family's healthy and safe mm-hmm. yeah. and that's all I care about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm doing fine. Mm-hmm. I found other ways. That's the one thing is I'm very resilient. I'm being creative. So I found other ways to work out my creativeness. I still am. I've had some pretty steady gigs, outdoor mm-hmm. shows and some safe inside shows from August to now. And I still have some November and December, but it is, I think I only have two or three gigs scheduled for 2021. There is a little part of me that having this momentum now of working on a new set, I have almost completely a half new show mm-hmm. and then still half of my old show. And each show I'm working out a little bit more of that old show because my feeling is you shouldn't just get rid of everything. You should piecemeal it and start slowly working it mm-hmm. out. I think that's the smartest way. So when you start doing this, you're going to be traveling. I already am. Like, okay. so this weekend I am in Indiana. Um, last weekend I was home because of Halloween. The weekend before I was in India, I was in a different part of Indiana. Mm-hmm. So this Saturday I'm in Indiana. The weekend after that I'm in Georgetown, Kentucky. The so weekend how do you prepare your kids? Well, I mean, your kid's still kind of young, but do you have to do anything to get ready for that so that it's not? David Cross was just on WTF with Mark Marin. Yep. He did a great story about being uh, when he first was a dad to his daughter, where he planned his European trip at the time mm-hmm. to coincide being back as at home as quick as possible to be with his daughter. Mm-hmm. And he like cut an extra day off of travel. So he was red eyeing it and he came back home very tired and he came home and he came through the door and he was like, dad's home. And his daughter just kind of turned around and was like, <laughs> and then like just kept on living and he was like oh okay <laughs> he's like i'm i won't do that again i'm not gone so much like every morning i take her to the babysitter that we have mm-hmm. we have our rituals uh she sees me every day so like when i'm on the road if i'm gone for the whole weekend i call i'll do a facetime she is still so young that I haven't had any cats in the cradle moments Yeah, where it's like, oh, I'm going to miss the play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'll be its own challenges when it comes up. But unless my star rises in fame sure. uh, by doing comedy, 
I don't foresee that being a regular occurrence of having to Sophie's Choice, any of that. Yeah. And it's lucky that she's, you know, you're not older because, like, Olivia had her school went back yesterday. And she's... Wow, like, just yeah. yesterday. Yes. Yeah, so I... <laughs> we, we, me and her, her mom kept her in the online version and only wow. eight kids stayed. So she was, like, you know, pretty upset about it. But I told her, you know, you know, we, we, we have to do what we think is right, you know, that we want to keep you safe and and all your friends that go back are gonna die. And- <laughs> 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 well, I didn't do that, but <laughs> my wife is a special needs teacher. And so what's look, we could get in the huge diatribe of yes, Republicans want to have small government and have the state deal with it. Yeah. But when they're not giving any extra funding to the schools yes. to deal with it properly, my wife, like Trump in the debate saying, well, teachers just need to wear a mask and they'll be safe. It's like, no. okay, cool. My wife has to physically hug a special yeah. needs child to calm him down from an anxiety attack yeah there is no distance mm-hmm. um and she is not going to not do that because of who she is and that's her job our babysitter we're very fortunate isn't a family member but she has been very safe and we are all very communicative with the two other kids that are there with her it, it's been very hard like mm-hmm. i can't even imagine what your daughter did with or what my nephew does with the with the online schooling yeah. look i had a hard time understanding what it was like if i'd have been in high school and facebook existed I know. Like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> missing social media i uh, i do not miss not being in school i graduated in 2004 and so i think Jesus facebook started popping Christ. back up around and yep yeah we're like 1990 and he loves to bring it up to me because anything are you 1990 or because my yeah. brother was 99 yeah was we're 90. Seven- yeah, we're, yeah. yeah. So Mike and I have gone to school together since we were in first grade. Yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah. So twelve yeah. years of Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Oh my. Wait. So what was your guys's? I'm sorry to derail. Yeah. So were you guys close friends during all that time? Not the whole time. Uh, I think in grade school we just were more associates, and yeah. in high school associates. we just drank and smoked pot together. Yeah. So what I was going to say is like, so in middle school where you really couldn't like panty raid <laughs> or even tried to, whatever form of that it was, for me, it was going to wreck a roller rank, the roller skating and getting mm-hmm. turned down for the slow skating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and being the only kid not wearing like the inline skates. What was your guys' go-to? Like, what did you guys rent from like the video store? What was your hangout on like a weekend or Friday or Saturday night? Kennedy Park. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, the problem was you could only really hang out with the people that you could reach. Like my mom yeah. was like, I'm not driving you anywhere. So like, <laughs> if I could, if I could eventually get like, I think not until like seventh or eighth grade, could I, could I bike far enough to start to make it to friends? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. they were far enough away, you know, like, I do so much like for my daughter now that I'll forget where I'll be like, oh, whenever I say I'm a bad you know, I'm a bad dad or something. It'll be like, do you realize how much like I make sure, you know, even now. I the only sure reason you're a bad dad is because you're her bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but like circumstantially, yeah, yeah. you would look, I mean, there's also the difference between raising a white male versus a young female of like my, my parents would have had zero qualms with me being a kid of the street on my bike you know, going 
two miles away through a construction site. Totally, yeah. Unviewed at like probably nine o'clock was maybe my cutoff. What I curfew would have to be home at like nine thirty, mm-hmm. or okay. when the street lights came on, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. My parents would have no problem with that. Having a daughter, I'd imagine it had been different no matter what years it would be growing up. Like, yeah, same as you. I'm not gonna be yeah, like yeah. we live kind of in city-ish area of northern Kentucky near Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like yeah. I don't want her riding a bike around. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, no thank you. And we even had this co- yeah conversation where she's now just turned 10. So everything is like why you gotta be so overprotective. And I'll be like, because you know you're because she'll get mad like we've gone to the drive-ins is a good way to go where you can mm-hmm. you know you're in your car. But every night you know you can't make it through a movie without I gotta go to the bathroom. So it's like, mm. I can't let her, you know, like I could wait outside for her to use the women's bathroom, but if yeah. there's a time I got to go, she's had to go in. Like I'll have to cover her eyes and make mm-hmm. stall, and then I'll go. And she's mm-hmm. like, so embarrassing. It's like, you know, you got to tell her, I'm like, you are literally at the best place to abduct someone. Like it's a circular <laughs> area. So cars are looping it all the time. You're like, like the grossest people come to drive-ins. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. what are we doing here? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like they just, they could just reach out their car and grab you and be on the freeway. And like, two, like, I can't even leave you out here for 30 seconds, you know? And she's just like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> all right. Well, I'm we're looking forward to yep. go to the bad dad segment. But before that, uh, Ricky, plug your stuff. Plug your stuff. Uh, you can download, buy my album, Spitting Image, all clean album. If you have someone you know that wants a gift that is 100% clean comedy, that you won't have to worry about offending them in any kind of way, political, religious. And I'm not saying that because it's a pandery album. It's just, uh, we. I talk about the Creationist Museum because I grew up by it in Northern Kentucky, mm-hmm. but it's not really an indictment on creationism. That's probably the most risque it gets maybe mm-hmm. i'm wrong but get it it's on circustrapeze.com you can buy the physical album which comes with a download link that you can also get a digital version so if you're worried that it's antiquated that cds are a thing of the past like eight tracks don't worry i love having physical media having the cover art having the liner notes you get three different pictures of me with my daughter that you'll see why it's called spitting image mm-hmm. Uh, it's because we unfortunately look so much alike. There's no milkman situation in our household. <laughs> That's the joke. And her beard's a little finer. <laughs> She's got. That's what the circus costume should have been this year. It should have been her as the bearded lady. <laughs> you can also get it on iTunes, Amazon, stream it on Spotify if you already have Spotify. Weirdly enough, if you already have Spotify, that's a great way to listen to it because I make way more money off Spotify than I would have ever guessed. Really? I got my first check from it for streams. And especially if I get added to a comedy playlist, it gets even better. So that's a great way for me to make a little coinage during uh, quarantine or coronavirus, having less shows. Also, I say this on every podcast I do, download the Dry Bar Comedy app. It's free. There are zero catches. There are zero commercials. There are zero ads. You're not going to see any weird emails or anything. They don't sell your information. Like, I don't know how they make money except for ads on YouTube Mm -hmm. because the Drybar app runs very smoothly Mm -hmm. and you have access to over a thousand different stand-up comedy specials from comedians you've actually heard of. Not like you haven't heard of me. You could watch dad. Yeah. You could watch dad bod on there, which I think is a good watch. 
but you could also watch like Erica Rhodes' stand-up special, Andy Beningo, Jeff Jenna, Greg Morton, who did voices for Hanna-Barbera, mm-hmm. does this amazing Star Wars clip. God, there's so many great comedians on there. It's a free app, and yeah. awesome. there's not a lot of hiccups. So yeah, and also follow me on Twitter at Ricky Glore, Instagram at Glore Ricky, Facebook Ricky Glore Comedy for my schedule. Just started doing TikTok. That's at Ricky Glore. That's just a way for me to really work on impressions, like the Uber driver, celebrity Uber driver. Yeah. I kind of tested a lot of them out on there and figured out which ones sound good. Those are yeah. my plugs. Beautiful. Speaking of plugs, uh, check out Seattle Gummy Company. They have been a wonderful sponsor. Mike and I love their product. Uh, you get all the caffeine in a cup of coffee and five times as fast Ooh. and half the cost of a cup of coffee at one of those big mega coffee shops. It tastes good. It's effective. I actually had to pop some now because I was freaking exhausted and <laughs> I feel great right now. So check out uh, the link in the show notes. Click that link, enter the code STANDUPDADS15, get 15% off your order. Stand Up Dads, ah, fuck, edit there. Uh, Seattle Gummy Company. I think you need a, a gummy right now, dude. It's like no, you're not like, right now. You're it's leaning too late. forward like you're going to go. <laughs> Seattle Gummy Company, Stand Up Dad tested and approved. Get shit done. Now, <laughs> normally we would go straight into the bad dad. But Mike gets really down every time I go into the bad dad because, you know, it's all dick jokes and laughing. And then I go into this horrible story. Well, he used to pick ones like the ones where it's like, you know, the dad and the son get arrested. So those are pretty funny. But he would get some where it would be, you know, something would end where, you know, a kid would die or something. And I'd be like, it would be like, we're a ha, ha, ha. Oh, like, you just, I'd be like, stop giving the ones where I'm getting, we're like, <laughs> suddenly it's like, and then it would be like, and now if you want to follow us, I'm not. <laughs> Fucking fuck. You. Okay. you guys suck. Some of the stories got pretty handy. You, you tell the really bad ones so you feel good about yourself as That's a exactly That's exactly it. it. He exactly so I think that. the worst one we had was a guy who raped his son to death with a stick. Yeah, see? Yeah. So, and that was yeah. the one where I'm like, dude, I I I don't even want I'm like, I'm gonna leave. I'm so <laughs> in honor of Mike, I have a feel good dad story. Ooh, okay. So Ricky, I'm gonna ask you to be a judge. Because I'm going to do the feel good dad story and then I'm going to do the bad dad story. And if this was your show, which would you rather have on it? So the feel good dad story, single foster dad adopts five siblings so they can all stay together. I saw that story. Yeah. It's awesome. It's in Cincinnati. Just across the, yeah. Yeah. Is there a bridge or is it? Is there a bridge? No, I don't know. Is it, I don't. Or you mean, is it landlocked? Yeah, no, what I'm saying it, from Kentucky to since you know, where you're at in Kentucky to Cincinnati, is well, it landlock or is there well, a river in between? What would it separate it, Rob? What would separate it? <laughs> a fucking Do we ferry? Do we hitch a ride? Do we air glide it across? Hey, I'm in California. We have no uh, sense of geography. Is there a bridge? <laughs> and I'm sorry, in your piddly little East Coast in Kentucky, next year, Ohio, do y'all have a bridge? Have y'all a bridge. figure out bridges here? When I go from California. Is there a troll under your bridge? <laughs> you gotta answer a riddle. A troll. When I go from California to Nevada, there's it's just you're in California one second and you're there. But I don't know. There's the three rivers, right? Oh, without it being a bridge, you're meaning just like a. Like I'm just saying, oh, is there a water? Yeah. Is there water <laughs> dividing? 
Fuck yes, we have the Ohio River. <laughs> I love yes, that. thank you. We have okay. the Ohio River that becomes the Mississippi, so, and it separates. One of our bridges. One of our bridges is done by the same architect who did the three bridges in Pittsburgh. Okay, so okay. it's a yellow That's, bridge that we call the Big Mac Bridge. Got it. Oh, okay. So in Cincinnati. <laughs> that was so funny because it totally woke Ricky up. He was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> oh, no, a bridge. You guys. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Okay. So a single foster dad is now officially a father of five. Robert Carter began fostering three boys in December of 2019. Then he learned the two brothers that the brothers had two sisters as well that were in the foster system. He said the siblings had been separated for six months, and when they would visit, they'd be crying. So he knew, I have to adopt all five, which he's a single dad, and he took on five kids. Exactly. Wow, man. That's. Carter said he grew up in foster care and was separated for years from his siblings and didn't want his kids to go through what he went through. That's hella cool. The adoption case manager said he was the only one willing to take all five. So he's a fucking wonderful guy. But now I feel like shit because I'm willing to fake my own death and hide because of one kid. And this fucking guy comes in with a cape to make himself look all great. So this is why I knew the bad dad. Okay, go ahead. Because, like you said, as horrible as these guys are, I'm like, well, I'm not that bad. So I feel better about myself. This is an older story. At the turn of the century. It's a year old. Oh, oh, okay. Context. (laughs) Dad sentenced for stealing kids' Girl Scout cookie money and spending it on an erotic massage. Right there. I feel pretty fucking awesome. I have a few questions. (laughs) Let me get into the article. How did they figure out it was an erotic massage? Or did the father give up that information? Be like, don't worry. I use that money for an erotic massage. (laughs) That's exactly it. Oh, man. An Oregon dad swiped over $700 from his daughter's Girl Scout cookie fund and then told her the money was taken during a home invasion. (laughs) <laughs> when in reality, it got spent on an erotic massage. So what I'm getting is he took 700 bucks and paid for a rub and tug. I've never done that personally because I'm not going to pay for something I can do perfectly fine myself. $700. I never thought that, Mike, how much does a rub and tug go for? Hmm, let me look at that. <laughs> I can't imagine that's more than a hundred bucks. That seems pretty expensive. This yeah. isn't a guy. This hmm. isn't a guy answer or uh, uh, an opinion. Just to be like, well, when I have a wife, like I, same as you, like I could do it myself. I don't like necessarily love strip clubs because I'm like, exactly. I I have porn for free on my phone. Yeah. Like, and those girls don't like me either. Yeah. So I. <laughs> And that's for free. Like when I spend $700, I want there to be a physical manifestation of a product that I can hold in my hands for longer than three Guns N' Roses songs, (laughs) you know, to show for it after $700. Mm -hmm. You could buy like a dozen fleshlights or something. (laughs) I don't know, but it doesn't say here if he's married or not, but how pissed would your wife be if she found out you spent (laughs) 700 bucks on that? Well, he definitely didn't spend $700 on one rub and tug. That's what he, well, erotic massage. So maybe there's more to it. And, unless it, but, yeah, unless it's a, yeah, he's like, it's months. Yeah, well, okay. She massaged my penis with her vagina. 
Like, that's not a massage. That's sex. Yeah. And he's like, what? <laughs> it felt like a massage. Uh, let's see. The 40-year-old had been accused of lying to police back on March 6th when he called 911 and claimed his house had been broken into. So oh this guy kind of brought this all on himself. Yeah, he took it to another level. Like, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to. You know how some people, they can't just say a simple lie. They have to make this big, huge story. So and he called the police. <laughs> so when officers arrived, they found the home ransacked and spotted blood strewn about the residence. <laughs> yeah. He told the cops at the time he that someone broke house. into his home and assaulted him. <laughs> Let's see. His work laptop was damaged and approximately $700 was missing from a jar containing his daughter's cookie sale proceeds. So he's out 700 bucks and he broke his own laptop to corroborate (laughs) the story. I want to know the story because like this is definitely a snowball story. Yeah. He broke his own laptop doing something dumb. Doing something real stupid. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think he did. I think this is a chain of events. Oh, <laughs> like he did something oh, real two birds dumb. With one stone. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, ah, there's only one way I can get rid of the stress of breaking my work laptop. <laughs> I need to go get an erotic massage. Oh, how am I going to cover stealing this money? <laughs> Where can I get 700? Daddy. I Where just- can I get exactly $700? Mm-hmm. Police opened an investigation and quickly spotted inconsistencies to the story and began to challenge his account. And then he eventually confessed. Uh, He told the police that he stole the money from his daughter to pay for an erotic massage and faked the robbery when he realized he couldn't explain the missing funds. So that means he made himself bleed to drip blood all over. Oh my God. It's like, why admit to do it? Why not say I stole the $700 to spend on myself? Well, my thing is say, yeah, why and say erotic massage. Why double down and be like, no, I totally spent on something illegal. Yeah. <laughs> I spent it on hookers and blow. I mean, I just <laughs> saying. He was trying to get out of, like, maybe he was, like, trying to turn state's evidence or whatever this guy's world view is of, like, he's like, oh, I could, I could flip it on this uh, massage parlor who does these illegal massages, maybe the police will be lenient on me because I'm turning in someone. Well, I guarantee this guy's daughter is going to be giving erotic massages when she's oh. older. Oh. But see, see how he ruins it? See? Because we both have daughters. <laughs> He's you didn't, need to, you didn't need to put that in there. Yeah, why? He does it. So that's how he gets it. See, I have, I have a witness here now. <laughs> So, Girl Scouts officials say they're following normal procedure to collect funds owed. So, they're out 740 bucks. So, now, rather than feel like I'm nowhere near as good as this wonderful guy that adopted five kids, yeah. I feel pretty damn good because I've never considered stealing from my kid, especially for an erotic massage. See, what we should have done, though, the ones that I like are the ones that are I end up being on the dad's side, even though... And, and I would like to know how you would respond because you have a daughter too. He would have the ones where it's like the dad's under arrest because he found a boy in the right. daughter's room and chased him out with a gun and shot at him. I'm yeah. like, yeah. All, all, all okay. Yeah. You were in my daughter's room. Like I'm going to flip. Yeah. I would, I would be so. Yeah. I, I, I don't One know. Of, now who knows if, if it had been me as a, if I had been a girl to my parents, not just metaphorically and like the way my dad talks to me, <laughs> but like actually had been a daughter where like maybe my dad would have had that kind of like overprotective anger 
you know, nature inside where my mom, one of the first times we talked about sex was she was driving me to, uh, I think a football practice. And she was like, you know, it was just me and her in the car. She's like, you know, your friend next door, I saw him getting pretty hot and heavy with his girlfriend in the swimming pool because we could see into their swimming pool. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And she's like, you know, if ever, uh, I don't know if they're having sex. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know where this conversation's going, but I'd like it to end now. Please end it. Yeah. But she's like, you know, I don't know if they're having sex. If you ever needed condoms, you would just need to tell me which kinds you'd want and I'd buy them for you. Aww. And I was like, nice. don't need them. Don't need them. Can we stop talking now? <laughs> but you like, still have we... an awesome mom. That's awesome. Yeah, it was very cool. But like, I would, there is part of me that I would like schools to teach more protective sex and have the things uh, readily available for mm-hmm. protective sex to happen, especially yeah, yeah. even if it's just condoms. Because I don't see schools providing dental dams or cases no. <laughs> of the pill. But I think condoms should be at schools, mm-hmm. like in kind of a where you could drop a note like like a, an advice box or what are those called? Since you said answering machines before, mm-hmm. what are those uh, called? A suggestion the, box, suggest, suggestion like a suggestion box, box, but it's like a free vending machine. It's of usually condom. right next to the ditto machine. <laughs> the ditto, what, what the what machine? The ditto machine. Oh, ditto. Okay. A floppy ditto machine? No. But so I think there should be something like that where I would like to say that when my daughter reaches a certain age and hopefully I have the no, the no with all to like recognize that she is talking with the opposite sex or the same sex or whatever mm-hmm. sex that I would, if it's the same sex, I would be like, cool. I don't need to give you anything. Um, <laughs> I mean, We're all good. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm definitely not going to give you tips, um, <laughs> but if it were the opposite sex, I would think I would definitely be like, look, if you ever need anything personally and you want things like the pill or whatever kind of contraceptive, um, let us know. Cause I'd rather you have it mm-hmm. than not have it yeah. and then feel pressured into, uh, you should never feel pressured into doing anything you don't want to do or not mm-hmm. ready for, for whatever reason. But I'd rather you have it if you ever were to make that decision. Also, if you would like to have condoms on hand, I would rather you have condoms if they don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that promotes no promiscuity. I think that no, promotes, I just don't want I think that promotes mindfulness. <laughs> but I, look, I mean, if it, night, yeah. look, I, I don't. I also don't think I'm going to be the parent that's like, oh, you can drink, but as long as it's in yeah. my house, that's cool. I'm not going to uh, do that either. Yeah, but I'm also not. Can. Yeah, I'm not going to be naive yeah. to think that it couldn't also happen there. Yeah, or to have the things here, or like what? Just I don't. Look, a car is never a great place for any of your times to be in, but like maybe have some next to the uh, ice cubes, the the gum, like in your console or whatever. Just have it. That's in key. Yeah, I, I think anything. Communication's key with kids. And even like I'm sure with your daughter, Mike, or even with your son, Rob, mm-hmm. just them knowing that you're open to have conversations yeah. and are available, I think is key because having any kind of communication makes you not worried that there's judgment or that you're doing something wrong. 
Well, I think about all the stupid decisions I made as a kid and every time, like the times I drove drunk when I was a teenager were because I was afraid I was going to get in trouble. So, or someone would get mad or something like that. So I would put myself in an unsafe situation because I didn't want anyone to find out. So same thing for sex. It's like, Oh, they're going to get pissed if I ask for condoms or something like that. It's just, I don't know. I think you're, I think it's a wonderful way to look at it. Cause if it's not a taboo thing that you're afraid of, you're not going to be stupid and get backed into a corner and make a bad decision. Yeah. I remember when um, I got hurt playing football my junior year and I always had kind of one foot in the arts doing like chorus and stuff or some mm-hmm. variety shows of some comedy in school before that. But I was varsity football, wrestling varsity, doing a traveling team for baseball. I was heavy into sports and that, luckily wasn't my ultimate trajectory because there's quite a shelf life for that. I probably would have Mm -hmm. gone to college for wrestling and unless you end up doing WWE, there's not really a career in wrestling. There's just more injuries that could have happened. Mm -hmm. But I got hurt my junior year playing football and there was a good length of time while I was recovering that I would go over to a friend's house whose dad was a middle school teacher that I actually had for science. He was one of those parents like, oh, I'm okay with you guys drinking whatever and how much whatever as long as it's here at our house and everyone Mm -hmm. stays here. So there was wild-ass parties there every weekend. He had older brothers, too, who then were in college, like getting us wherever we wanted. And I remember I had my mom's car, and she woke me up so hungover from a party (laughs) from the night before. (laughs) And I didn't stop. Like, I have some issues in my family where – there is some excessive drinking and they've been sober for quite a few years. My drinking was not to feel, there's two kinds of alcoholics, the kind of alcoholic that for, they want to be part of the party and they just do it too much. Or there's the kind of alcoholic, which I think is perpetuated too much, which is like the, ah, I got a drink. Like I'm getting the mm-hmm. shakes. Um, I was neither of those foods, my biggest vice, but so, but I did it because I was probably going through some sort of depression of transition in my life mm-hmm. in high school. And if you're going to, if I was going to do it, I was going to do a pig and I had a place to crash. But my mom calls me at like six o'clock in the morning, the next morning. And I've maybe been asleep for three hours, maybe. And like, I wake up and she's like, Hey, um, the, the other car won't start. I need you to come take me oh. to work. And like, there was part of me that's like, I'm pretty sure I'm still drunk. Because <laughs> oh, no. we yeah, drank yeah. like, we drank Goldschlager. Yeah. It has pieces of gold in yeah. it. It's a dare. And uh, I remember going and picking up my mom in our purple Geo Metro that had a red door because the doors were placed. And like, just holding it back <laughs> the whole time driving her to work. And then coming home. Like almost a, a proper British person putting a very small couch pillow in front of the toilet on the tile floor, <laughs> kneeling down, and then just <laughs> like everything. And that was one of the, that was a come to Jesus moment. Mm-hmm. I'm not religious, I'm agnostic, because um, I believe anybody who's super egotistical to say that their one answer is the real answer, but I will still say come to Jesus. That I think was the the light bulb moment of, oh, this thing makes me feel awful. Mm-hmm. And it, if I'm depressed, it makes me feel worse. So I need to maybe find a different outlet and to rein, not reinvent myself, but 
realign my purpose. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that was it. Puking up Goldschlager will do it. Oh, Goldschlager. (laughs) On that note, email us at thestateofdads at gmail.com. Rate us, review us. That's how the show grows. We need it. We want it to happen. I just started rambling. Uh, (laughs) Were there any, look, between the two of you, were there any like last questions from either of you that are like burning on your minds that I haven't answered on either the other podcast or this one before we sign off? Well, which would you prefer, the bad dad story or the feel-good dad story? The bad dad story because it wasn't, so atrocious mm-hmm. that it made me feel bad for joking about mm-hmm. because honestly no one got hurt except for his uh idiocracy mm-hmm. um where if it yeah if it had been something awful like clearly we weren't making any jokes during the five adoption one because we're like no. oh that's so nice yeah, like, yeah. we could be cynics and like start dissecting it for whatever reason but we didn't so that second story, clearly, if you're like, oh, are we, we need a story that's going to have uh, room to riff, that yeah. one was the one. Yeah. It's tough because when I research these, I keep looking for stories like that where guys are just idiots. But unfortunately, <laughs> I have to sift through like pages and pages of murders and rapes and shootings and yeah. all this horrible shit. Okay. And believe it or not, those horrible stories I get are the best I could find. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But Ricky, what's the best way to get a hold of you again? You can follow me on Twitter at Ricky Glore. That is probably one of the best. I think Twitter might be, uh, Twitter is incorrectly used. Bad out of people. <laughs> um, but, it, but by today, there was one hour where four of his tweets were. Um, they got were, edited, right? Or you, you were, had a, um, disclaimers. A, a disclaimers, yeah. Um, or fact check, yeah, yeah. which is fantastic because yeah. I'm sure it sent him over the edge while he was sitting on the toilet having yeah. a monstrous <laughs> KFC poop from the night before. That's awesome. I uh, had four double down sandwiches. Uh, <laughs> Block this. Mm. Uh, but Twitter, I think, is actually a fantastic use and tool for uh, comedians because keeping you to 140 characters. If your primary goal, look, in two ways, if your primary goal is a stand-up or an entertainer is to show people how funny you are, get out of the game. Um, no, thank you. Twitter, I think it's the same way. If your primary goal is to get a bunch of followers and likes and retweets and stuff and you sh- like you obsess over that, Twitter's you're going to fall into a dark, deep despair and you're not going to have any uh, impetus to do it. But if your goal is to make yourself write X amount of tweets and jokes – maybe styles of jokes a day, the 140 characters is perfect to do it. And it's a great tool to keep you kind of like a um, condensed online joke journal. And, and you can sometimes use it as a benefit for other comedians and friends that you may know who add tags to it mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe give you a different point of view that you weren't thinking. And then you can go, I mean, there was one in particular for a new joke that I have, which is about um, junk in the trunk. Mm-hmm. But I think junk in the trunk is an awful way <laughs> to compliment a woman or objectify her on a certain body part. Like it's junk. Nobody wants junk. <laughs> like I think we could be a little bit more yeah. complimentary or uplifting in our objectifications of their body parts. Like maybe <laughs> like leadership hips. 
or <laughs> first prize thighs or they got a lot of beauty in that booty <laughs> part of that joke was put together by a couple other comedians on twitter that i liked where they're coming at the joke with by adding some tags and i reached out to them i was like oh i really like that i'm thinking of using that and going this way mm-hmm. and they, i was like can i use that and they're like oh my god yeah please i'd be flattered i was like oh well thank you i was like because you really opened the door of helping me steer it in a direction that I, I wasn't going and it really helped solidify what this joke could be. So yeah, follow me on Twitter at Ricky Glore and that's really the best place or at Ricky Glore comedy on Facebook where you can see different shows that pop up or, uh, you know, podcasts that I've been on like this one. I'm sure when you post it, I'll be sharing the link on there. Yeah. And definitely check them out on TikTok because you've been putting a lot of stuff out there. TikTok. <laughs> okay now if you wanted to get a if you wanted to hire someone to draw a picture of a 40 year old guy getting a 700 dollars uh, erotic massage who would you write to you would write to me at pencil for hire that's pencil f-o-r-hire.com or pencil for hire on instagram that one i probably could turn into a funny comic there's certain ones that way he'll end it and i'll be like i'm not gonna draw that <laughs> <laughs> that one i probably could turn into something pretty funny yeah. not it being like yeah super dirty i could do something funny with that one but other ones no (laughs) and mike has a uh, comic collection called clumsy love there is a link in the show notes check it out he wrote it for about he had a strip for about five years you got a couple years in this one it's pre-baby and post-baby when you were doing it real time i looked forward to him all the time and i would get on your ass if you were behind that's a great name Clumsy yeah, love. It's a beautiful thing. I want you to start doing these again, but you can get a collection of these yourself. It's like what, 600 comics? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's so, a lot in that one. My daughter's on it. So now she's old enough that she reads them and uh, she wants, I got to put out, at least collect the rest of them so she mm-hmm. can just have them to read. And then I got to put them back up and start. Cause I started doing them again. You, what's great about them is like what you're saying, where you're doing like comedy jokes about where you're at right now. It's going to be awesome later when your daughter's older mm-hmm. to see him. And that's what I'm realizing. I had five years of this that she's able to go back in, even though I would take it in kind of crazy ways. Sometimes there's a lot of stuff in there that's just like, yeah, that toy happened, you know, and mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Like I even put some up. So she, you know, certain strips that she liked or whatnot that were. So it's a time capsule. Like I, yeah. uh, I'm is it talking about different ways of being creative. I'm a, we were talking about before the podcast. I don't know if it was recorded yet, but I'm huge into horror movies. Mm-hmm. And so probably at the end of high school and beginning of college, a group of friends and I, we started a sketch comedy public access show, filmed a lot of shorts, filmed a incredibly short, very bad zombie movie that I kind of wrote that my friends threw out the script and thought it'd be better just to improvise so they didn't have to learn lines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, just how you do. And um, I've always been interested in writing and directing. I directed storefront theater musicals and plays in Chicago. And I have a lot of friends in the industry. Adam Marcus, who wrote, co-wrote and directed Jason Goes to Hell. Um, him and his wife wrote Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Beginning, I think. And some other people, Todd Farmer, who uh, wrote Jason X. I grew up going to horror movie conventions. I've gotten to the point where I kind of want to put up or shut up. Mm-hmm. And so I've written different scripts and shorts. I just had a short accepted into a new anthology called the United States of Horror, cool. which is a Wait. Canadian produced 
anthology series where they're doing a short horror short from each one of the 50 states. And so mine is representing Kentucky. Nice. And that kind of relit the fire of wanting to, I was working on a horror movie that would have maybe been in production right now on a feature film, but because of COVID that didn't happen. I just wrote another short that I think I can do with a small group to keep it as safe as possible. And willing my wife, who was also an actress did a lot of the shows in Chicago. If she's interested in it, there's also a part for my daughter that would be easy enough to do, Mm -hmm. like wouldn't require a lot from her. She'd just have to walk into an area and not, you know, look at the camera a bunch Mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Because I'm also thinking of that while I'm writing it. I just think of that, like, and hopefully we do it because I can't, like, I would love, like, even if it turns out awful for her to just like (laughs) look back on it and just be like, oh, this is like, and what if I do end up making something substantial someday where she can be like, oh my God, and I was in this thing that mm-hmm. he did. Like, yeah. there's a little bit of ego to it, right? Because like, Mike, you don't want your daughter to look at it and be like, this is dumb and this is Oh stupid. my God, it'd be like the worst. It's way worse than anybody else saying it, yeah. It would cut you, right? Because yeah. a little bit of that happened and you felt that way when yeah. she decided she didn't want to match Halloween costumes. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally, yeah. I was like, oh. And, it's an indictment yeah. on you. Yeah, and what's funny is, when I would be, before I had my daughter, I was always like, you know, the, the uncle that would take care of everyone, everyone. You know, if, if one of my nieces or nephews would do something like, you know, you're gonna embarrass me, I would take that. Oh yeah, or, you know, I'm gonna do it even worse. But for some reason yeah. with your own daughter, it's like, oh. <laughs> like, this is oh, the guy you... that dressed up as a chicken to go pick up his niece at, the, at her school on her birthday. <laughs> yep, so, so she was in third grade. And now it's one of those things where I never have to do anything again. It's like an urban legend. <laughs> She's now 16. And uh, anytime someone will say something and they'll be like, he wouldn't do that, uncle. She will come out and go, he will. <laughs> and she'll talk. But it's time. great because yeah. you are cemented <laughs> forever in her yeah. memory. Your uncle chicken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the one that I like made fun of for like, you know, for the whole year. Cause I knew she kept saying it. She's like, whatever like she and i was shown and uh, we'll wrap this up soon because now i'm going longer than i was expecting to but uh (laughs) my wife definitely isn't for it i was shown horror movies way too young of an age i had seen all the nightmare on elm streets by the time i was six Mm -hmm. um i had seen phantasm uh one and two by like the time i was six and seven and met the tall man anybody listening who knows that movie series where are you at with showing your daughter and also you rob with your son movies that are maybe not age appropriate and then are they any fun if you pass a certain age and are they no longer fun if you pass a certain age of showing them well it's like olivia what i found is like you gotta go by how the kid is because i knew when i was a kid i saw a bunch of stuff because it was the 70s like you know my mom accidentally took us to movies sometimes where you're just like <laughs> accidentally like, oh. yeah well she messed up like we saw stripes she took me one time in the early 80s i think it was to see trading places there's like nudity right away she, every time she was like oh my god <laughs> like she didn't even think about it or something yeah so there was stuff i saw i saw like betty hill but with her you know i i try to show stuff but there are certain things where i knew like she she at 10 years old like hates Halloween, any, she can't even go in the spirit store. So mm. like, I can't show her any of that stuff. Like about a year and a half ago, I was just excited that she was finally able to watch like the Marvel 
movies with me you know like that's been something where it's like okay she can handle this level i think you just have to feel it out because i know other kids who are like you that have already watched and they're just like what like one of my nieces is like whatever like you know this stuff's fake that i love it and my daughter is like not like that like if i were to do that i would traumatize her <laughs> and it sucks because there's certain movies i would like to watch mm-hmm. where they're like you do want to see her get scared but then you also don't want to be the person that she's like i hate you for showing me yeah. this i don't want her to be up all night like i want her to yeah. enjoy the movie like i would like i can't even show her yet like i'd say the level she's at right now is she can watch you know the marvel movies but lord of the rings would probably be too much because there'd be too much like the, the trees the orcs, orcs would get her orcs, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, but or the Urukai being born, yeah. There's stuff like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, I think I don't think there's a hard and fast rule because it goes by what how the kid is. You See, know? my kid can't pay attention long enough, and I've tried to show him stuff, and he just gets bored and walks out halfway. Like the first time I tried to show him Star Wars, he was done like 15 minutes into it. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? But you know, I guess it's, I tried it too soon. Star Wars is hard too because when the cartoon like i i didn't grow up on sesame street mm-hmm. and that is the one thing that my daughter will just be glued to is sesame street and i don't feel bad because it is incredibly yeah. educational sure i mean i would rather that than something dumb like paw patrol uh, <laughs> yeah yeah which i think is just dribble <laughs> but star wars and so many other classic films have been lampooned and parodied oh yeah on sesame street or have been mined for gold of their thematic, you know, elements, which I mean, yeah, Star Wars itself itself was Kurosawa mm-hmm. and was some different other samurai or some serials. But I worry that she is going to see so many of the things that are similar mm-hmm. or that borrow from it. that when she sees it, the, re- the originality of the world, the scope mm-hmm. of the world, there's going to be nothing for her because she's going to be like, oh, yeah. I think they did a thing where the guy was his father, but the villain in this cartoon that I watched like last year. So I'm like, oh. So I think you just can't put anything on a pedestal. Like, yeah. my brother hadn't seen The Godfather. Oh. And we watched it. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, there's a lot of things that are similar to this oh, in TV shows that I've watched. And I'm like, yeah, but like, this is this really is good. And he's like, he's like, but it doesn't matter because this isn't my entryway into the italian mafia and i was like that is fair sure and that's totally true about like they see the stuff that came later so they look at that like i remember when i showed star wars to olivia she was like whatever but i had also at the time i had showed it like i got a copy of like the undoctored one Mm -hmm. like so i was so excited and i put it on and my niece who now at that time was probably more like she was probably six so, you know, she's probably 12. The first thing she said within 10 minutes was like, oh my God, like, this is like a bad Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, like, <laughs> and she's like, this is ridiculous. This is like the worst. And it's like, right away, you're like, oh, that's all they're seeing. She's like, look at these stupid masks, you know? Like, and they're like, they're like railing on it. And I'm like, oh, like. That's why I think it, it's probably important. Um, I really like the stories that Kevin Smith tells about his dad taking him to the movie theaters and both of them experiencing the new things or the current things at the same time. Yeah. So then those became memories. I think I'm going to less be like, let me show you what made me because like my dad showed me all those things. So it was like 
I saw them very young. I mean, I, I guess it could be similar, but the world's just so different now mm-hmm. that I almost feel like it would be better for us go to go and enjoy something new together for the first time and then have discussions and then if she's like oh man they did this one thing that i thought was really cool and i'm like oh if you think that's cool let me show you this thing that you may also connect with and then if she has no time for it it's like yeah i get it 15 seconds i mean there's there's gonna be something different than tiktok and youtube and whatever down the line and we don't have video stores which makes me that's the one thing that i'm like so sad about and we might not even have movie theaters so yeah the media landscape is so crazy and that's been it for stand-up old dad's podcast where we cry (laughs) and lament about the things we loved and that will no longer be well another thing to love get the eye of mongombo graphic novel by doug gray that's yeah is hilarious there's a link in the show notes there's a pandemic going on you got shit else to do get it and if you haven't read um if you want to read some classic batman read uh hush volume two um if you love like death in the family or any other we need to have you and mike just do a nerd fest yeah i know what you're talking about (laughs) i'm just yeah you know Uh, and i i agree with what you're saying because that's totally what without planning it, that's what I've ended up doing with Olivia. Like we started reading together Harry Potter about like a year, a little more like a year and Fuck a half in ago. The jar. And yeah, so he gets so <laughs> mad because to me, I was like, I never read it, let's read it. And we read it and I, she was like, I just wanna watch the movie. I'm like, nah, you read the book first and then you read it. But I had never read it. So we read the book together, watched the movies and each time it was like, she'd be right after wanting to talk about what she was furious was cut out or, you know, (laughs) and we did that every time. And it was super awesome. Like, you know, we get to parts and be like, what? Like, no. And, and then from that point on, like that made us get super nerdy into it. Like we, last year we did the cursed child. I took her to go see it, which was like two part theater show in San Francisco. We went to Harry Potter world and that's the stuff I think. Yeah. That's what we're, that's what we're going to remember. It's-, it's a little bit on the even level, which I mean, I think kids are smart enough to pick up on this where it's like, okay, quit trying to impart your wisdom or this thing that you have, where then if you're on the same playing field and the same level of both experiencing it, I think their guard is down a little bit, but I'm many years, I think from that. Yeah. Being There's an aspect though as a parent. It's like, hey, I used to do cool shit. I used to be cool. I didn't always be like this. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm never gonna, gonna say that. that. I'm no, never gonna be like saying yeah. that. It, but I yeah. think that's what we're trying to do when we go look at this movie. It's yeah. like, oh, this was really cool. Oh, my dad was in. I used to go to Myers on a on a Monday <laughs> night at midnight because that's when they'd have the new DVDs of yeah. the things coming out that week. And I would sweet talk the old lady who was probably drunk into opening the box a little bit earlier so I could get the steel book of whatever. <laughs> I used to go to the warehouse and get cassette tapes and yeah, cassette so. tapes uh, <laughs> and vinyl. <laughs> Seattle Gummy Company. Click the link in the show notes. Add the code STANDUPDADS15. Get 15% off your order. Send us a parenting story to the standupdads at gmail.com. We will send you samples. And uh, if it's a good story, we'll read it on the air. And finally, 
get my side project, The Gag on This Podcast. That's where I got to meet Ricky. That's run by Big Nick. We interview comics from all over the country and have a great time doing it. Hopefully, had Ricky had a good time on that one. Great time. Wouldn't have done this if I hadn't. Cool. So yeah, check that out where your finer podcasts are sold. Ricky, I really loved having you on. I'm glad you were able to make it. Thank this you for fun, having me. Man. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Happy to do it again to have a nerd off. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, I'll be cool. She, yeah, he hates them. And I, I would love to yeah. be able to try You know what? It. On a week where I may have to get B out, uh, you two can just run it. Oh my God. Uh, Dude, <laughs> I both type up like 10 topics and then we'll pick like three and we'll just spend an hour just talking about those three. All right. Okay. I can do that. Yeah. Cause down for there's it. so many times I want, and he'll cut it off right away. I'll be like, Oh man, no, I won't. Cause like, I just it's... start, well, it's me and you, you go like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Look like if one of the topics, if you want to talk about why um, super Superman is a viable superhero and is written off by too many people, happy to talk about it. I okay. hate Superman. But <laughs> you know, and what's funny, that's how nerdy I would get on it is like, I don't like Superman except the early Superman. The very first Supermans are hilarious because he would make time for like small things. There's one early book where like a woman's being beaten, like you hear a like, girl like, get, and he will, he like goes in and basically shakes this guy down, like, oh, so you're a tough guy, huh? <laughs> you know, like it's like, I love that. Like, Superman's like, before I go stop this, it's great, like, it's a matter of yeah. convenience. It's like, yeah. As far as his like spidey sense goes off and he's like, Oh, I hear this woman being accosted. I can help that. Or I hear someone in the middle East making a dirty bomb. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It would take me a while and a lot of energy to go to the middle East. I could stop that woman getting accosted in like a 10th of a second. (laughs) No, I'll make a list. Yeah. That sounds like, okay. We'll look forward to that. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Later. Thing I want to say is thank you all for coming. Bye bye.